Heroes of I don't know. What is it? It's Paramore. Crush, crush, crush. Oh, I don't really know um, uh, Misery Business from early Paramore. <laughs> I'm in the Paramore. business of misery. <laughs> Let's take it from the top. Oh, Paramore are great. But I did see them live a couple of years ago. And obviously this was when they released their most recent album. Um, what was it called? happy sad or it's a really depressing album it was like it had inspiration from like 80s pop retro pop sort of style like synth pop but then all the lyrics are really sad it was all about depression it's a very odd album uh, and when yeah is an interesting character isn't she because it was all that stuff about her and her ex-bandmates and like yes she, like it kind of took over the band and stuff Basically, yeah, from what I heard, obviously, it's just hearsay, isn't it? But from what yeah. I've read in articles, like, her parents were really controlling. Like, they basically took over the running of the band. Yeah. And all the other members were like, this is shit. And apparently they wanted Hayley Williams to get all the money and them just get, like, nothing, even though they all, like, shared, like, writing songs and stuff. Um, and in the end, they, I think, it all culminated in, like, the bassist who'd been with them since the beginning... There was a drummer and the guitarist who left like years ago because of some dispute about their songwriting or something. And they did a big YouTube video about how the parents were too controlling. But then the bassist, he left about three, four years ago. And there was a huge lawsuit because they released an album, self-titled album, Paramore. That was like their fourth or fifth album, which is actually a really good album, one of their best in my opinion. But the point is, uh, he wrote a load of the songs, apparently, or two or three of them, and they didn't put his name on any of the writing credits for it. They just said it was Hayley Williams. And that caused a massive uproar. And he got taken, he took her to and the band to court and loads of really bad stuff with that. Apparently, like they were arguing that he didn't write any of the songs, but he was adamant he did, and it just got very messy. So basically, it's just Hayley Williams and her like cavalcade of random musicians now so when i saw them live it was all it was all a bit depressing like she, she seemed like she didn't want to be there like didn't recognize you know when you watch the music videos for bands you like you you recognize what the other members look like mm-hmm. and you sort of know how they're gonna look on stage it was just so weird it was just Hayley williams and all these this random assortment of people there's a guy who had a weird a big hat there's a guy who had a really long mustache it was all really odd really strange it was such a strange vibe and they didn't want to sing Misery Business, but they sort of admitted they hate that song. But they they said, oh, we have to play it because you want us to play it. And in the end, they got someone out of the crowd and they sung it instead. And it, oh, it's just, a bit, like, it's just a bit like, you know, this is the song that got you where you are. You maybe should just play it. You know? Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? With those like, um, uh, there's a band that I really like called Los Campesinos who are not, they're not like, uh, then they are they are incredible and like beautiful songwriters and singers and musicians but they're not like a huge huge outfit but they had one song that was featured in a budweiser advert about five years ago right every time i've seen them play they do that song in the encore and they come out of a crate of budweiser and it just makes me laugh every time (laughs) because it's it's such a way of them acknowledging like we know that some of you heard this song first because it was on an advert and that's okay and we're kind of grateful that you know 
Yeah, it, it <laughs> just makes good. me laugh every time. <laughs> I, I appreciate bands who like you know they acknowledge what got them big that they you know they play the new songs and a mix of other songs but they always play the songs that made them big and they know the you know to please the fans because at the end of the day people are paying to see them so they should give the people what they want in my opinion so that seems like a good example of people of them giving the people what they want yeah i think there's a balance isn't there between like being an artist who wants to uh have a creative moment of expression versus being a product that is something people have like you say paid money to see but yeah i think it's like it takes a certain type of band to not play you know to not play any of the hits i think yeah um did you watch chris this this uh, move along did you watch hmm. the live stream of the 2020 bafta game awards last thursday I, i didn't no did you no, I didn't. <laughs> but it was um, it was our ba- our pal. Da- was it Dar O'Brien? Wasn't it? Probably, he yeah. It? Yeah, yeah. He hosted it, but because of all the isolation rules at the moment, he did a live stream from his living room, which was quite funny actually. And because of all the issues with you know sort of isolating and lockdowns, every single person nominated, every game developer, every artist, every voice actor, they all had to record, pre-record like uh, win um, acceptance speeches. Hey. to assume they had won so just in case you know, someone won they, they had the clip ready so it must it must be really weird like having to record a clip you know, acting as if you've won this award then finding out you haven't won it I don't know it seems a bit weird because I guess you have to psych yourself up to actually get in the mindset I have won this award even though you don't think you have yet to record that message yeah. so a bit interesting but it went ahead which is nice in a way that was acceptable for everyone and we've got all the winners here i just want to quickly we did mention this i think it was last week or maybe the no it was a couple about a month ago wasn't it because the nominations came out back in february i believe yeah um and we've got all the winners here we, i won't go through all of them but a few ones of note that are relevant to us here at heroes of handheld the world's premium podcast dedicated to handheld gaming is potentially uh the best mobile game and unsurprisingly, it went to Call of Duty Mobile, which I'm not surprised about because that is a no matter what you think of Call of Duty and first person shooters and you know, your thoughts on the direction of the series since Modern Warfare, um, the original one, COD 4, you have if you've played it, you have to appreciate how well that game plays on mobile it is a really good adaption of call of duty and they obviously you know mobile versions of first person shooters always have the issue where you're touching the screen and your thumbs are getting in the way and you can't you know you accidentally knock another virtual button but with the um, technology they have they actually did a really good job and i know me and you have discussed this where there's a massive uproar when it first came out because well, i don't know if it's an uproar but it was quite a meme where you go into a game and you just get ridiculous KDs. You'd like get yeah. Everyone wins their first game by like fifty kills or something, don't they? <laughs> to one death, and like you get into this sense like oh, I'm so good, I'm amazing, but then you realise oh no, I'm actually terrible at first person shooters. So there's something not going on here. So I don't think Activision actually ever admitted it, but it was heavily rumoured that most of the games when you first start playing were filled with bots. But it was all done in a way to make you think you were playing real players. Anyway. So that one mobile game of the year. But it is important to remember that Call of Duty Mobile was voted for by the public. That um, uh, category was voted for by the public, whereas everything else was nominated and uh, chosen by the BAFTA Academy. Um, so, I mean, what are your thoughts on Call of Duty Mobile winning? Um, I mean, it is best- like we we spoke about it here on, on the show like a couple of months ago. It is a phenomenal game isn't it like it it handles so well 
and it's smooth and it's polished and like yeah you know once you get into playing with actual players you realize that some of them are obviously more practiced or maybe using controllers or something like that but it is a debate like it is a fully functioning like call of duty on, on the go um yeah and like like you you know i'm not uh mad for mobile first person shooters because of because of the controls but i think this does a really good job of making it um play as smoothly as is kind of possible with that limited kind of two thumb setup for yeah. sure it does a pretty darn good job in my opinion yeah I think um, so. um but it's important to note that it did beat pokemon go which is which is sad <laughs> wow to win that um so a couple of others i just want to quickly mention you'll be happy about this one best family game went to untitled goose game a classic. Uh, so, and that beat out Luigi's Mansion 3. So that's pretty impressive, to be fair. Um, well, actually, the, I mean, the technical winner is the um, Untitled Goose Game development team, which was House House slash Panic. But um, they did beat out Luigi's Mansion 3. And Vacation Simulator. Jace. There you go. Uh, and finally, uh, best game went to Outer Wilds. Now, I'm not familiar with this game at all. Um, I'm sad to say it. And usually, each year with the BAFTA Game Awards, this whenever we see, when I see the best mobile game or best game, I always end up playing it because I think, oh, maybe I should be playing that game. Um, but I don't know much about Outer Worlds. Um, but it did win best game, um, and that beat out Luigi's Mansion Free and Untitled Goose Game, um, as well as a number of other games, including Control. Now, Control, that this last point I make, this game Control, this sort of um, came and you know, went past me without to me really realizing what it was. But I think um, Control, isn't that a game that is available on all platforms like PlayStation and Xbox? Not Switch. Widely... Not Switch, of course. I meant the main ones. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Uh, so actually an adventure game. Yeah, Control had a lot of nominations, but only won one award. So a lot of people were expecting it to win a lot more. Um, the thing it did win was i can't even see which one it won anyway so yeah um outer wilds won best game so there you go it's good it was it was nice to see if they could still oh, and also luigi's mansion 3 won best animation so there you go mm, interestingly the um uh the best music and narrative went to disco elysium which also won the best debut game and they announced that that's got a port coming to Switch this week. So I wonder if they held back on announcing that before they could put, like, BAFTA winning in a bunch of the, like, announcement trailers or whatever, uh, which I haven't actually watched yet. But, yeah, they've announced that's coming to Switch, so that's quite exciting. But, the um, yeah, it's interesting. BAFTA's a good... Ter- like, it's nice having, like, a... It sounds slightly nationalistic, but it is nice having, like, a British award ceremony be so highly recognised in gaming, isn't it? Is, yeah, I think um, people recognise that like, BAFTA is quite a prestigious um, academy, so people do want to win it in the gaming industry. Um, but yeah, it's good. It's good to know it's British, so British represent. Um, before we move on to more news, should we quickly say what we've been playing this week? What have you been playing this week? Yeah, well, I've been mainly uh, pretty much the same as last week, to be honest. I've, I've been uh mailing more luigi's mansion co-op online um i've now now colin try not to uh run to my house and give me an award but i've now managed to um get to this like when you play you can click five floors or 10 floors or 20 floors and a couple of nights ago uh me and my friend that i'm playing with 
um, which is like it's what is what is staggering is how quickly the game doesn't really tell you anything but you get to grips with what you should be doing on each level it's kind of it's that really clever game design where you it doesn't say that there's stuff in the chests that might be useful but suddenly if you want to do well it's like your strategies change a lot and a couple of nights ago uh, we managed to get to the 10th floor and do the 10th floor boss, which was like huge because when we started, it was like, there's no way we can even do like two or three floors. And now it's like, well, if 10's doable, then suddenly 20 feels like a lot more uh, plausible. But it's just interesting because when you play online with um, strangers, because obviously like I've been playing and having like uh, like a chat running at the same time. But if you play with strangers, there's... Um, you're much more limited to what you can say because you have to use the kind of communication in game, which is like over here, thank you or help, which aren't always that helpful necessarily. Um, and there have been times where there's like certain flaws where the whole team needs to be doing the same thing at once. And sometimes you just cannot get the fourth random person to come over and help you with this like button that you've all got to press um and that's the times when i sort of wish that there was more of a capable communication system rather than like because if you know that you've done all of the everything there is apart from what's behind this big button that you all have to work together to press and all of you are on there apart from one person it is like very very frustrating um but you know that's part of the course and that's part of the fun and if it was easy if it was uh if i had voice chat like full voice chat that um because i think it i think the game does offer voice chat to an extent because you can use the app but i don't know to what degree because i don't think you can do it with strangers but maybe someone can correct me on that um because i haven't tried it uh but yeah most so in conclusion most been playing luigi's mansion i suspect by the time we talk next week uh we will have cleared floor 20 and then that'll be you know big cheese over here um <laughs> Because it is hard, like it is a really hard game, and like it is a, you can't really go on autopilot. Like there's always stuff you have to be focusing on. Um, so yeah, it's just been interesting, like learning what's good and what's quick and what's smart about the game, um, and learning how the flaws might look very different, but actually are quite similar in the sort of things you're hunting for. Uh, and I've also been playing Animal Crossing, which we will we'll talk more about in a minute because uh, last week on this this here show we uh talked about how in the nintendo's direct they announced like an easter themed egg event uh which has been very controversial in the animal crossing community but we'll talk more about that in the news uh because i want to know colin what you've been playing well i've just been playing more of the same of last week and uh, you'll remember i bought you the news that i bought thief simulator on yeah. nintendo switch which has also been released on other platforms but it came to switch uh, is on offer and um, they've got a lot of sales going on the easter sale at the moment games are up to 80 percent off i will say i almost got stung um the other day because i really want to play an assassin's creed game again and i really want to play one on nintendo switch uh, and i saw that assassin's creed 3 remastered uh, was on offer and it was down from about 30 pounds down to about nine pounds i was like that's a really good deal so i i clicked the buy button i went through to the payment page and i thought you know what i've not really ever heard much about assassin's creed 3 and the remaster on switch let me watch some reviews 
Oh boy, am I glad I read those reviews and watched the video reviews because they are not kind at all. Apparently, it is one hell of a broken mess. Oh no. Assassin's Creed 3 on Nintendo Switch. It does barely works. It's not really a remaster and it's just a complete mess. So I'm glad I didn't do that. And that explains why it's so discounted. Um, but the benefit of Assassin's Creed 3 remastered is that it does come with Assassin's Creed Liberation, which you remember was a PlayStation Vita exclusive back in the day. Uh, and apparently that one plays really well because that was made for handheld, that game. So that one, that runs really well, um, but not Assassin's Creed 3. Anyway, so Thief Simulator. And I, I'm not the only one who's been enjoying this game because I see on the charts on the Nintendo store that it's actually number two. So it's obviously um, got a lot of people interested. A lot of people have been downloading it and playing it. Um, I'm still enjoying it. It's still very addictive. It is, it's a rubbish game. It's absolutely terrible. It looks awful. It's The, the gameplay is basic, but it's just so damn fun i've just um leveled up enough so i can now steal cars um i can hack mobiles which is which is very fun um but one thing that's frustrating me about it is um i mean i'd noticed this slightly when i spoke about the game last week but i'm noting it more now with the more hours i'm putting into it Mm. is that it is quite buggy in the sense that it does crash quite a lot. And this normally happens when you're going between the uh, sh- the town or the village where you're stealing stuff from to your home. Um, it'll sometimes get to, say, 100%. It, you, you see a loading screen. It'll, it'll freeze on 100%, and then it'll just kick you out and say the software has crashed. And this has happened probably about five, six times now. Uh, I mean, it does save quite regularly. The game so it's not too bad um you know you don't lose that much progress but it is very noticeable and it really does deter from your enjoyment of the game when you're you know, getting to a bit where you've just stolen loads of items you want to go and sell it um, and then it crashes and you have to load it back up again so yeah that's a bit annoying it's in ways it is quite a it's not a fully broken game because when you're playing it it actually um plays quite well um but it's just it just seems to be this weird bug and you know it will just slow down sometimes i've noticed as well when you're looking through your inventory uh the game can just freeze altogether so yeah few issues there but um it's still fun i'm still enjoying it but uh, technical those technical issues aside it's just bloody great and i'm looking forward actually what's frustrating when i um got the ability to steal cars i was doing this mission uh i managed to get into this um lovely terrace house and i went to the garage and the car's there uh, and I click. It said press X to open door, and it just wasn't working. It was annoying me. I was trying to open this car door, it just would not bloody open. So in the end, I had to get the crowbar and smash the window, and then I got <laughs> caught. But there you go. So that was frustrating as well. Anyway, it's great. It's called Thief Simulator, and um, if you're looking for a game to play, I don't know whether it's still on offer. I'm assuming it still is because they've still got the Easter offers on the Nintendo Store. Um, you can do much worse than uh, downloading Thief Simulator. Anyway, I want to hear about your Animal Crossing um, issue with the eggs. What's that? What's, what's... So it's funny. So I just loaded up the game because I wanted to uh, make sure I was kind of being accurate and fair with what we're talking about. So basically, last weekend saw the launch of Animal Crossing's in-game Easter event, which is themed around this weird, weird rabbit called Zippy. Um, is he called Zippy? I might made that up. I'm sure. Anyway, weird rabbit with a zip. Uh, costume on which is weird anyway uh, so who knows who's going to be under it but basically what they've decided to do is this kind of seasonal Easter event where there are eggs everywhere to be found and they are different types of egg so this is like some of them you get from uh, like chopping trees 
Uh, some of them you get from digging up what would look like fossils, but is actually, in fact, hidden eggs, which is a bit annoying, but not as nearly as annoying as some of the other things, which include um, fishing and how in game, if you see a fish shadow and you fish and you catch it, it might turn out to be an egg rather than a fish. And these eggs are used for crafting special Easter themed um, or bunny day themed items. Um, so it's like things like um, like a bunny day wreath which is like covered in eggs or like a chair covered in easter eggs all this sort of all this sort of stuff which is kind of cutesy and kind of fun but what's annoying about it is like this is obviously like the game is very new at the moment and we are all still learning like how to make things and um what's the like you know, like we're all getting into groups like the recipes and the layouts of the islands and all this kind of stuff and whatever. And what's annoying about this egg thing is that for a, a few days, it kind of took over everything. And like, you couldn't fish without catching eggs. You couldn't like um, shake a tree without catching eggs. You couldn't like eggs were just everywhere. Eggs, eggs, eggs all the time. Eggs, 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 eggs. And it was so annoying because this is the time when everyone on their island is trying to like build up and, you know, trying to like the April's just started. So there's new fish, there's new this, there's new that. And it's like, it's a frustrating time for this to be the case. Um, however, uh, obviously this led to a ton of memes, as as it would. Um, so now Nintendo have already released an update which has changed the amount of um, eggs. So now there are less eggs to be found from fishing and from other in-game uh, activities like that, which is really cool. And like, I think it's actually really good because it shows that they are like really listening to what people are um you know talking about and like complaining about um so that's really good and really positive and it means that suddenly you can play the game and um you know you could be constantly just thinking about like seasonal stuff and making sure you get everything done over easter and whatever or like me i only i play for like half an hour a day and i check in and i do a bunch of chores and now it's like the eggs are there and it's like a nice side project rather than the main thing. So I think it's really good that like, you know how on like shooters and stuff, there's this kind of term like games as a service, which is where like these big games launch and then companies kind of update them over time and add little things every month or every week or whatever. And it's kind of like Animal Crossing feels like it could be turning into that. And I'm not really complaining if that is the case, because actually like if they're if nintendo are listening to feedback this early on and are willing to go in and tweak things and change things then that's really promising for what the game could turn into in the future and what the game is like now as well yeah they do seem to be putting a lot of emphasis on um, keeping it fresh and updated yeah for Uh, sure they don't want you to forget about this no um just watching some videos of animal crossing now oh fishing for an egg oh cute yeah, so you, just, so you, you can see why one... it's annoying because everyone wants to get the new, you know, everyone who's bought this game, no one's had it for more than three weeks. And it's like, how is there already not, are we not able to catch the things I want to catch? Or like, for me, it's like digging up fossils. But, you know, it's it's just like, I think it's really good they changed it. And I think it shows they're listening. And I think that shows like proactive movement from Nintendo. So yeah, it's been really good. And there was a nice article as well on, um, I saw you put this in our communal Google Doc. Uh, there was a nice article on BBC News, which was talking about how people are kind of attaching themselves to Animal Crossing in what is obviously like a very difficult uh, time, kind of socially. And it's like, it's really nice that I think people are finding this game 
a method of just having like such pure escapism. Yeah. I mean, I, that article I put from the BBC was quite uh, lovely to see how people are, um, you know, taking Animal Crossing into their hearts and uh, enjoying doing meaningless tasks. But well, they're not that meaningless no, during this uh, strange time we're in. Yeah, but what I love, loved about this article, there's um, a few tweets that are embedded into the article. And there's one from a uh, Twitter user called A Moira Crossing. A Moira Crossing. Uh, and um, because they're getting married this year, and they can't have a proper engagement shoot. They this couple did their engagement shoot on Animal Crossing. Oh, and so cute! It, it is it is lovely. These pictures are great, actually. They're actually really nice. There's loads of nice pink trees behind them. They're on a, a nice uh, swinging chair in a garden. It looks very lovely. So, yeah, I like that. I like how people are, um, I guess, taking the positives from a negative in a way. You know, trying to make the the best of a bad situation. Um, I think this 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 whole Animal Crossing phenomenon phenomenon came at the best possible time, and potentially released at the best time it could have released. I mean, you can't buy. I know this is probably going to harm sales of Animal Crossing, but you can't really buy Nintendo Switches anywhere at the moment. No, they're uh, so hard to find, aren't they? And also, I mean, this links on to Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the game, the recent um, reimagining of Modern Warfare. You can't buy that on Xbox One anyway, either at the moment. There's just none anywhere because, you know, people are stockpiling, well, stockpiling, but people are, are off work, they're on furlough or whatnot, and they're just they're spending time gaming, which is fair play to them. It's a fair play. Um, but talking about not being able to get Nintendo Switches anywhere, I want to lead on to an article here, uh, which has come from, uh, well, the article itself. Um, it was on the GameSpot, but it was um, linked from a article from Go Nintendo, and that is about Game Vice. So, for anyone who doesn't know, I, I don't know whether we've spoken about Game Vice before on this podcast. We might have done, we may not have done. I'm not too sure. But Game Vice is a company where they create um, adapters, or con- I don't know what the actual name is. I don't know if adapter is the right name, but it's basically clip-on controllers that you put on to uh, an iPhone or an iPad and other mobile devices. So if you're playing a game on your phone, you've got a better way to play it. So rather than using the virtual controls, which we spoke about earlier with Call of Duty Mobile, you've got the actual uh, the joysticks and the um, you know, gamepad and all that either side. So it clips on either end, and then you can play your games using it. So they've got a variety of different detachable gamepads. Um, you know, it's a, it's a good idea. But the reason we're bringing it up is because GameVice have filed a lawsuit against Nintendo. And the reason for this is they're claiming that the Nintendo Switch um, is uh, in breach of their patent, uh, copyright infringement. I think, is it a patent? Yeah, because it's a, they're saying that the design of the Nintendo Switch is a ripoff of their patent and what they've designed for um, the iPhones and iPads. And there's an image here on the Go Nintendo article where this um, story came from. I'll put it in the doc so you can look at it, Chris. And they've got a picture of the um, the item in question. And I would say it looks a little bit like a Nintendo Switch in the way it's laid out, but I don't know where they stand in terms of the fact that Nintendo Switch is an all-in-one um, console that I, I guess it can be detached as well. Um, but this is the second time that Game Yeah, Vice it does look actually... sort of similar. We'll put a link on, uh, more importantly, rather than the Google Doc, we'll put it on here as handheld.wordpress.com if you are curious. 
Yeah. I mean, this is the second um, infringement claim that Game Vice have done against Nintendo. The first one came on the 11th of March, so only a month ago. And there was a long legal battle between Nintendo and Game Vice. Uh, and in the end, the patent trial and appeal board um, sided with Nintendo on this. And it came to the conclusion that the, the patents that Game Vice were trying to claim, you know, against Nintendo were unpatentable. So just how the generalized patents they were trying to say that Nintendo broke was just impossible to say because it's such a common thing. Um, but now they've decided to do another one and they're going all in on this one. What they're aiming to do, if they win this uh, latest battle, they are looking to ban and block the sale of Nintendo Switches in the United States of America. Now, obviously there's no... Yeah, it's difficult to know whether they've got a leg to stand on because they've already lost one battle. You'd imagine they'd lose this one. But say for a minute that they did win this lawsuit and they had to stop selling Nintendo Switch in the US. That would be a disaster for Nintendo because of how popular it is. Um, obviously, at the moment, they're probably not shifting that many units because there's just no stock anywhere. Um, but uh, yeah, they've put this other one in. I'm just trying to see what this latest one... Here we are. So GameVice cites similarities between Nintendo Switch and its own mobile controllers, many of which are also designed around the idea of a split controller that connects your phone or tablet on either side. The Switch's design is similar, and GameVice claims it infringes on their own patent in the US. It's seeking a legal order to prevent the import of Switch consoles from Japan. So there you go. So this hasn't got that much traction, this news story, to be honest with you. So you'd imagine that the big journalists and the big gaming websites like ourselves mm. don't think don't think that it's um, got um, much uh, to stand on. But we'll, uh, you know, we'll keep you up to date on that to see what goes on, because, you know, say, you know, crazy things have happened. If they do side in favor of Game Voice, then, you know, that's going to be an interesting uh, development there for Nintendo. Um, but I mean, I do admit it does look very similar. But really, I, I don't know. I can't see it happening, to be honest. I can't see them siding with Game Vice. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what the patterns actually are um, in terms of um, why they think. Obviously, it looks similar, but what in particular they think is similar. Yeah, it's just like sometimes with these with these companies, it feels like they just they will there are certain companies that exist i'm not saying game vice is one of them but there are certain companies that exist who just have hundreds and hundreds of patents and will just sue anyone they can because it's like a way of getting press and stuff yeah yeah was it um was it jaffa cakes who tried to patent the name jaffa cakes they're like vitties they tried to patent or copyright the name jaffa cake or something like that and it got blocked so now all the supermarkets when they do their own version they're able to call them jaffa cakes as well God, that is interesting. So, well, fun fact for you, they're not called the chocolate orange discs. If you go and see, they're actually all called Jaffa Cakes. So there you go. And also, I remember when um, Paris Hilton tried to copyright the word, that's so hot, the hmm. saying, that's so hot. And um, yeah, they got thrown out as well. Anyway, there you go. Uh, what else is there? What other news is there? What else Who could have seen that coming? Well, Colin, other news. Uh, there is a very, uh, there's a weird big thing which is to do with a new Cooking Mama game, which has kind of struck up a bunch of controversy uh, through this sort of accidental rumour mill that started. So basically, 
earlier this week, uh, a game called Cooking Mama Cookstar was released. Um, and there was a trailer for this a little while ago. So it was meant to come out March 2020. But currently, it's not available on the Nintendo eShop. But uh, this game came out in other territories. Um, sorry, not available in the United States Nintendo eShop. This game came out in other territories. And over the weekend, allegations started to surface that this game, Cooking Mama, um, uh made by planet entertainment was using nintendo switch to use players nintendo uh, switches to mine cryptocurrency um which if you if you're not across cryptocurrency it's kind of like a a virtual money and certain computers are set up to mine it which means kind of generate it so it can then be sold on um so the game isn't listed as say in the United States, uh, and both the game developers first playable and the publisher Planet Entertainment have denied claims that the game is used to mine cryptocurrency. But basically, people were seeing reports that when they had this game installed, uh, it was allegedly boosting their internet um, kind of rates and ratios that are associated normally with publishing and mining of cryptocurrency. Uh, so it's just a mad, mad news story. There's a really good write up on Insider.com. Um, but I just wanted to kind of mention it because it's super fascinating that this weird story has just kind of, uh, you know, become like, like a, a big thing in the Switch community. And this idea that cryptocurrency, that this game, because it used up a lot of battery life and Switch network traffic, would therefore uh, is assumed to be a thing that is generating, you know, like an equivalent of Bitcoin is obviously a crazy story. But Colin, what if it's true? But they're saying it's not true. <laughs> But what if it is? Um, so anyway, you can read more about this on Insider.com. We'll put a link up. And, and yes, you can have a read there because it's a really fascinating article and a really weird story. Um, but yeah, pretty weird stuff. The cryptocurrency cooking mama cookstar controversy. <laughs> well done. That's well done. Thank you very much. Uh, Lots of seeds. Um, You're welcome. I've, I've got to say, I mean, if a company was um, cryptocurrency mining, then this is probably the sort of game you would use. It's the last game you'd expect it to be associated with. Yeah, so, yeah. It, it kind yeah. of reminds me of, um, there was a, I can't quite remember the specifics, but there was a 3DS game that was like, that wasn't Cooking Mama, but was a similar type of family game that was really, really popular on Switch because it, if you had, if you owned the game, it was a way of like, uh, sorry on switch on 3ds it was a way of like chipping your 3ds and being able to play stolen games on it and copies of this game just sold out everywhere because like hackers were really interested in it um but yeah this looks like it looks like this is kind of fake dumb news story that's just you know become a big thing and there's distribution issues for the game which probably doesn't help because it adds to the kind of enigma of the release uh but yes you can uh, read more about it on our website we've put a nice link up but everyone loves a good conspiracy story yeah for sure especially yeah. when it's hidden in plain sight and something so innocent like this is yeah very satisfying <laughs> um i just wanted to bring up one final bit of news now this isn't anything to do with handheld gaming but i mean this the internet sort of blew up when this got announced i think it was yesterday when the news reveal was um was dropped on this and as you know, the next gen of consoles are all slated to release this year. I mean, obviously, with what's going down in the world at the moment, people are thinking, hmm, are they going to change that? Are they going to push it to next year? But currently, it looks like Sony and Microsoft are both planning to release their next gen consoles this year. And with that in mind, we finally got a look at the, at the brand new controller for the PS5, uh, which is called the DualSense. Now... 
it looks very pretty. That's what I will say. I'm looking at it right now. Um, it looks like the sort of helmets that they wore in um, what was the first Star Wars film? The very first one that came out. It was re um, a New Hope. A New Hope. Yeah. It looks like the helmets that the Rebel soldiers are wearing as Darth Vader um, comes into the ship at the, at the very beginning. Like they have this on their head, you know, with the, the black at the bottom and the the white top. It does look very pretty. I, I like it. I mean, I don't have a PlayStation 4. So looking at that image, Chris, what are the major differences when you look at it from a PS4 controller? Yeah, the so the, it's kind of a, it's quite a revolutionary shape because the PlayStation 1, 2 and 3 controllers have all had this very similar kind of um, circles and block shape, whereas this is looks a lot more smoother because um, on traditional PlayStation controllers, those sticks at the bottom have kind of jutted out a bit more, made a bit more of a rounded edge. Uh, the key differences look to be the touchpad is a lot uh, bigger. There is also a uh, inbuilt like little microphone thing, which they've said is going to be used for um, you to be able to kind of have like an easier way of doing voice chat without having to hook up to a headset. Although the headset option is obviously there. It looks like. Um, deeper as well in terms of like it looks like it's almost built for bigger hands which is quite interesting because mm. often the criticism of playstation controllers is that if you've got big hands they're hard to hold whereas xbox controllers are bigger and chunkier and are therefore easier for people with big hands hard for people with small hands um it doesn't look i mean i really like it i think it does look odd like and i think the color schemes are uh slightly weird like the white blue yeah, pack is a weird combo it really is like because with playstation the whole consoles they're always um normally black aren't they they're you know there's other yeah. versions of it but the main color is black so the fact there is a lot of white on this does that mean they're going to be changing up the uh, aesthetic style of the playstation 5 and changing the color scheme that would be interesting to see because you can't see this controller working or looking right with a completely black console so maybe no, there's exactly. going to be a different trim. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, it does look really yeah. cool though, and I like that the, uh, like I like that the buttons look kind of a little bit chunkier and a bit thicker, um, and it looks like it will be more comfortable for two hands to hold at once. Um, so yeah, and I think as well, I think that that space at the bottom, that use of negative space between the two kind of grips, is crying out for addition, like additional plug-in space there. Like it does not seem because there is already stuff that does that on the PlayStation 4 controllers. So it doesn't seem a mad leap away that there will be things that kind of grip on and like lock around and stuff that change the way we handle uh, gaming on a dual sense. Yeah, it does look very similar, in my opinion, to the Xbox One controller. In terms of its build. Yeah, yeah. The it's certain, of it it's the, certainly chunky, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a good chunky controller. I think this is the, probably the year where I will make the jump back to Sony and PlayStation. Yeah, I, think um, I think it's because... I mean, I, I love my Xbox, which has now turned into my uh, my Netflix and Disney Plus machine. But I do love my Xbox. But the problem is there's just not... There's so many games I wish I could play, but I can't because they're Sony exclusives. And... Yeah, I think it's just the right time. I mean, I probably won't get it this year. Um, I'll probably wait a bit, maybe next year. But yeah, I think it's the time. Do you think time. it will be... I mean, you know, w w this isn't a traditional field of uh, discussion, but do you think it'll be released this year with all the stuff that's going on? Now, both Sony and Microsoft are still admin it is at releasing this year. 
But I can't help but think with the current lockdown, like surely this is putting us, you know, I don't know what stage they're at. I don't know whether they're ready to start mass producing them. But surely if they are, they're not in the position to do that because factories where they make it aren't going to be open to do it. So yeah. I think they probably will have to push it to next year. But when they announce that, the fact they've released the controller now makes me think they still are planning for the end of this year. Um, but no, I, I, in my humble opinion, I do believe it probably will be pushed to 2021, to be honest with you. Mm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it affects stock and stuff like that as well, won't it? In terms of, are they even able to, you know, if they do decide they want to release this year, are they even going to be able to uh, make enough consoles? Like, should they not hold on? Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. This will really be an interesting, once we're out of the the, the peak and the, um, you know, the the whole uh, lockdown, um, once we're past the worst of it, you do wonder after, you know, all these months of people just being able to buy online, whether that will be the real push and whether most people will just purchase their next-gen console online rather than go to a shop and buy it. Um, I'm personally, if I was to buy a new console, I'd rather go to a shop and buy it rather than have it delivered. I think you had your PS5 delivered, didn't you? A uh, PS4 uh, delivered. Yeah, I did, yeah. Online, didn't you? Cause, um, yeah, because uh, it was on a Black Friday thing when we got them all that time ago, mate. It's something exciting about getting the new the new box from the shop and smelling the new technology. When you open the box and it smells of new and you're just excited to get loaded up and, and, play, and just get on it, it's, there's something about that. There's a magic to that, I must say. Yeah, but also you could do that and not have to leave your house and just have someone bring it to you. Yeah, there is that as well, I guess. There you go. Um, uh, yeah, there right. we go. I think that's everything from me. Is there anything else you want to... Uh... Lay or layout for us. Uh, on the table. Not that I can think of. I hope everyone has a very peaceful and chill and lovely Easter because it is easy to forget, but there is Easter coming up uh, as of this weekend. And uh, I don't want to alarm you, Colin, but yeah. apparently um, I have seen that all of, of the Indiana Jones films are going to be playing. So I'm going to be watching all of those over the weekend, I think. Magic. That's so, good. I'll wait for that. What are your Easter plans? I'm tempted to watch all the Star Wars films, you know, on Disney Plus. All, all nine of them. No. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I'll try, but I don't know whether, from a start point, it should be from Phantom Menace or A New Hope, you know, or maybe it should be. No, I don't know. I have to think about that. Maybe the, I'm sure there must be some sort of article or some sort of fan poll where, you know, you know, lots of people love, love to hate on the prequels because they're not as good as the other ones and the writing um, Jar Jar Binks, whatever. But there must be someone who seriously sat down and properly listed out what order you should watch them in. I know obviously they're in date order, you know, for one, two, three, four, five, six. But maybe there's a better way to watch them. Maybe there's a better order. I don't know. I'll have to see if there is one. Nice. Because I guess between that, you'd have to put Rogue One in there before A New Hope. Um, and after Re- Revenge of the Sith. Um, so that would be mixed in there as well, wouldn't it? And also, obviously, you could potentially start with the Han Solo story as well, the um, origin story. Well, you can't. You have to, Han Solo has to come after Phantom Menace. Oh, of course it does. Yeah, come on, gosh. mate. Oh, Pay attention. I, I can't tell my Qui-Gons from uh, Watto's from uh, Jake Lloyd's. <laughs> 
trying to think of more names. Only names I could think of. Uh, anyway, right, let's um, let's sum this up and get the hell out of here so we can go play yes. some video games. So, uh, how so can, you can how... tweet us. There you go. There we go. This guy. Uh, at Handheld Podcast on Twitter. You can go to heroesofhandheld.wordpress.com to hear all the old back edition episodes if you uh, have nothing better to do with your life. Tuck in. You can write to us, heroesofhandheld at gmail.com. And you can uh, always recommend our show to friends if they are looking for new Switch games to play or interesting Switch discussions. Then uh, always, you know, point them in the direction of us, Heroes of Handheld, uh, at Handheld Podcast on Twitter is the easiest way to get in touch. Thank you for listening. Colin, you're a treasure and I love you. I love you more. And I will look forward to speaking with you uh, next week. Yes, have a lovely Easter. Enjoy all the Easter eggs. Yes, bye. everyone enjoy your games. Bye 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 bye. Misery Business is a great song. Crash, crash, crash. Riot, Riot, Riot. Riot that horrible uh, album art. Oh, that album art was great. I think wow. I poster. I think I had a poster of that one. What did is I? it just the word like riot written over and over and over? Yeah, but it's written in like a an angsty scrawl and like scribbles and different colours. It's it's just so bloody great. <laughs> like the establishment. Fuck you, teachers. You can't control me. Yeah, Goodbye. fair enough. They can't control you. <laughs> <laughs>